You are listening to the Permission to Burn Your Manual podcast. I am your host, Kathy Whaley, MD, physician and life coach. Do you want to live the life you choose? A life that is by design rather than by default? Well, that path to the life you choose is uniquely yours, and it's filled with limitless potential. So join me and burn your manual. This book that defines our expectations of self, but also holds us back. Together, we will forge, innovate, and refine as we go along. Hey friends, it's that time. You're listening to episode 10 of Permission to Burn Your Manual. And just as an aside, I really love even numbers. Okay, so today we are going to talk about comparison. And you've already heard me talk about comparing mind thoughts and how we basically rob ourselves of validation of our own suffering, sort of downplay it. And I may circle back to that a little bit later in the episode. But for today, I want to focus on the concept of comparison is the thief of all joy. And honestly, if you Googled on Apple podcast, comparison is the thief of joy, you would find a billion episodes um, by different podcasters. Now, I have a different take on comparison. This is not going to be a thief of all joy conversation. In my book, comparison is a deluder of natural pleasure. Okay, now I bet that does not make a ton of sense yet. So I'm going to go through some examples. Let's pretend that I have ordered a salad. And I have a salad with croutons, cheese, and bacon on it. And then let's compare that salad to the salad without croutons or cheese. Now, please understand, don't get all wrapped up with the toppings I'm talking about. You make your own example with whatever toppings you really love. And then with them missing... I'm not talking about messing with the ranch dressing, but what if I was offered a salad with no croutons and no cheese, but I still have my ranch? I frankly would still love this salad. But when introduced to the comparison, what could make it even better? What could make me experience pleasure from that salad that much more. Oh, it's if you add the croutons and the cheese. Suddenly, the salad without the croutons and cheese is just a little bit less enjoyable. It's a bit less pleasurable because I'm thinking that I'm missing out on something by not having the croutons and cheese. Our society definitely seeks a high amount of pleasure. And many of them are not naturally occurring pleasures, right? False pleasures. So I would say that we're addicted to seeking pleasure. 
But in that pursuit of the most pleasure possible, we dilute the pleasure that is happening in this moment because we think of what we don't have. This is a perfect example of why it can be hard for people to lose weight. Weight loss really is all about mindset, with rare exceptions, right? There are people that actually have physiologic reasons why losing weight is challenging. But for the most part, it's really a mind game. And it's very hard to start scaling back your choices when you recognize that it could be that much more pleasurable. Okay, now let's change gears. Let's talk about financial, okay? Let's say that I go and buy a car and I buy a Prius. Yes, y'all, I do have a Prius. And I buy the Prius because it has great gas mileage and I'm commuting at the time and it has new car smell. Is it perfect? No. But does it meet the needs of why I bought it? Yep, definitely does. But then the new hybrid RAV4 comes out and I see, oh, it has so much more legroom. It would fit my six foot three husband and children so much more comfortably. And oh, the gas mileage is fairly comparable. And as an added bonus, my bumper wouldn't keep ripping off every time I go over a speed bump. Yes, y'all, my bumper has ripped off several times for the most asinine reasons. So, all of a sudden, I love my Prius a little bit less because I know there's something else out there. And when I compare it, I think, hmm, Prius is not as awesome because it's missing all these things. There's something else out there. But still, the primary reason I bought it, it has great gas mileage for the commute. It's still true, but all of a sudden, I have changed the criteria by which I'm evaluating the car away from the buying criteria. So the reality is that there always is something out there that's better. I mean, that's just the truth, right? We can't possibly know everything that's in the world. So it's just inherently true that there will always be something better. There will always be something not as good. So what if we focused on the now in this moment? Okay, my last example. Have you ever been out to eat with those people who struggle to commit to their order? They're literally sitting there debating between two or three things. And then finally, like the time to order comes and they just sort of decide. But no sooner does the person leave and go put in the order, they're second guessing it. They're sitting there 
going, oh, maybe I should have ordered option two or option three. And then the food comes out and it's pleasurable, but they still spend the entire meal wishing they had ordered the other thing and being sure that the other thing would have been that much more enjoyable. That has nothing to do with the now. You're not focusing on the pleasure of now. You're literally living in fantasy land of the idea that something else out there could be better and that you somehow didn't order the best thing. So here is my challenge today. What if we didn't grade pleasure from least to most? Because just like suffering, there's no pleasure competition. Pleasure is pleasure. So could the goal be the presence of pleasure rather than the amount or concentration of pleasure? Because just because we could have more doesn't mean we have to have more, right? There is such a thing as enough. But so long as we're comparing, we don't see it. And we're missing out on the pleasure that is the present moment. Now, I am going to circle back and talking about comparison in regard to suffering. So comparison is the deluder of suffering. And we talked about comparing mind thoughts and how we basically try to almost undermine our suffering. I don't think that's the intention. We're probably trying to somehow make ourselves feel better. But really the end result is that we end up invalidating our own suffering and almost sending ourselves the message that this situation isn't worthy of suffering and pain. So I'm gonna give an example, particularly in regard to grief, okay? So let's pretend that some family has a horrible car accident and there's, you know, the two parents and three children in the car. And in the horrible car accident, one child dies. Easily there will come a point where the parents will say, well, at least our other children survived. At least we survived. Now listen, that is true, right? That's a blessing. But it is always said in the context of trying to make themselves better when they're focusing on what they've lost, right? They lost one child. By... Shifting the focus to the place of, well, yeah, but I still have this blessing. While it's true, it, it is shifting the focus away from the grief and loss. And so then we invalidate the suffering and we don't feel the feelings. Now, why does it matter if we don't feel the feelings? If we don't feel the feelings, they're not going away. <laughs> they will keep resurfacing. 
And the time that it will take to grieve and experience the loss will just become prolonged. It can last as long as you want it to. And as long as you're trying to run away from the feelings, it's just going to keep on trucking. So again, there's no suffering competition. There is no grading of suffering. My suffering isn't more deserving of compassion and support than yours. There is no suffering competition. Suffering is suffering, just like pleasure is pleasure. Where do you think we do ourselves the most harm in comparison? In my mind, it's any time we are comparing ourselves to others. I'm not talking about us comparing where we are now from where we're going to be or where we want to be. Though, Don't mistake, I'm going to talk about that in a later episode. But I am talking about when we compare what clothes look like on me versus what they look like on you. How do we find satisfaction in our own circumstance when we know someone else's circumstance is different. So if I put on a dress and someone else put on the same dress, I could be perfectly happy in how the dress looks on me. But then if I see how it looks on the other person, I might then decide, well, it looks better on them. So all of a sudden, I don't feel as good about myself in the dress. So again, the dress was perfectly fine till I saw it on somebody else. So what's the deal here? And it all comes back to comparison is natural. It is something the brain does. Comparison is always possible. Because everybody is different. All of the circumstances are different. It's not about stopping comparison. Because again, it's a natural thing your brain does. Looking for differences and similarities. What I'm challenging you to do is be mindful about the times in which comparison has diluted your joy diluted your pleasure or diluted your recognition of your own suffering. That is all I have for you today, my friends. I look forward to talking with you next week. I hope your week is amazing. And as always, if anything about this episode resonated, please help me spread the word and rate and review the podcast. I'll be right here rooting for you. Are you ready to start making progress forging the path to the life you choose? Well, visit me at freedomforphysicians.com. Here you will find free resources and guides for any healthcare professional ready to get started. As always, I'd love to hear from you, so don't hesitate to reach out.